You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Dude, just do the test. <laughs> We've all had stage fright. Come on. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do. Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable. Ready, set, and we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Today, it's Travis Curra, joined by Andrew from the Turf District Podcast. He's in the Canadian Football Podcast Network. He's in the Alberta Podcast Network. Hey, thanks for stepping in for Ty this week, Andrew. Absolutely. Not a problem. I'm happy to join in. I love talking with you guys. And, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm the less alcoholed version of Brazilian Thai. So, uh, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't say, I'm not going to say that I have the same kind of stories to tell, but I'll do my best to talk about football. <laughs> now, I know it's a crazy year again. So I was going to ask you how the transition of uh, having the kids back to school is because I, I, I've enjoyed seeing pictures of the kids going back to school again. And it brought me back to uh, what was in my lunchbox every day for like 13 years, uh, a butterscotch pudding and a plain ham sandwich. <laughs> so <laughs> like I, I could still do the butterscotch pudding, but I don't think I could do the plain ham sandwich. It needs like mustard and mayo and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I I remember um, when I was going to school, um, I used to take a cheese and mustard sandwich and somehow enjoyed that. All of a sudden, wait a second, maybe I am more Brazilian Thai than I thought. <laughs> oh, no, he wouldn't like the mustard. But no, cheese was, sandwich. Well, grilled yeah, cheese. It was bizarre. Like, I, I, I hadn't thought about that in a long time. But Do you, know, you ever I, get a hankering for that anymore? Never. Never, ever, ever. Yeah, that's, a, that's an easy one. Um, I was all prepared for you to say that the thing you had all the time was bear paws, but uh, I guess those, those are those are still fairly new. I guess, but that's, uh, I I would love to take a bear paw to work every day. They were wonderful. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, it's good. But I need um, to get it back into the fruit snack game and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, you and I both, man, that'd be lovely. Um, I, I, you know, I have a funny story when you're when you talk talk. About back to school because I remember before we had kids and you know the Staples ad where it's like you know it's the most wonderful time of yeah, the year yeah. and the dad's going down in the in the, the shopping cart and they're all dancing and everything and I remember turning to Nicole and saying but you know that just seems like like it seems heartless. Like it seems like I don't get it at all. And yeah. now I'm the guy flying down the aisles. Yes, they're the best going time back. Of the year. They're going back. It's so exciting because after a full summer, you're like, yeah, yeah. we all need a break. I love you. Yeah, all I love you all to death. But sometimes it's a lot closer to the death side. And now it's time for you to go back to school. So, um, I mean, this year again, a little weird right because you're yeah, you're, yeah. you're never sure the safety blah 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 but 
I, I was pretty happy with them getting back and actually getting those interactions with their, uh, you know, compatriots again. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, when you're getting stories back that things are going well, you're like, okay, this is, uh, this, this is a good thing for everybody. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by ATB, and they make banking work for you by offering both expert and practical advice in saving, budgeting, and paying off debt. And though your financial situation and the economy may change over time, you can be confident that your money is safe and secure with ATB. We have a history of doing what's right for our clients, especially when times are tough, because ATB was built to help Albertans. For more information, visit ATB.com. Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em, and Shil Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, Andrew, I, we start off with Friday Night Football, the Argos and the Ticats. I guess we got word, you know, Thursday that... Brandon Banks wasn't going to be playing into the game. Labor Day, he took a massive hit. Yes. And uh, I'm guessing that that is the reason he wasn't in the game. Siante Evans also not playing for the Tiger Cats. That's the reason I changed my pick on Pick'em. And as a result, I go 4-0 and this week. So, yeah, it took me, what, uh, four minutes to get that reference into the show? I had to show <laughs> off because things have not been going well this year. <laughs> So did you get the flyover? I mean, that's the thing. Did you get like free gas for the rest of the week or I mean, four and oh, that's like it deserves the massive prize. Just like my dad would say, a free trip to the bathroom during the commercial break. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I win every week then. It's it's awesome. We're all winners. That's right. right. (laughs) (laughs) What really struck me about this game was uh, especially... Early on, the Argos had that rushing attack just humming. John White only got the 12 carries, but he had seven yards of carry. And even with uh, full-strength Hamilton defensive line, they were able to run on them quite a bit. I was really surprised by that. And uh, it was nice to see, though, and I know Superfan would probably be super excited about this when we get to talk about it. There was Wishbone. There were two running yeah, backs in yeah. the backfield. And, and I love how they incorporated that to get both guys and get them a ball. Because not only was John White just tearing up the field, but when DJ Foster was getting the ball, he was also <laughs> having <laughs> some big games. Yeah. Um, I I thought uh, you know I thought he he really showed out as well. So and both guys um, you know putting up you know almost ten points and over that's that's pretty impressive. He had uh, a forty yard touchdown in this one, and it's one of those in the backfield where it's like a toss, so it didn't count as a carry. It counted as a reception, which makes it worth a little bit more on fantasy. So, I mean, I was happy yeah. for having DJ Foster <laughs> in my lineup and that counting for an extra point because it was you versus me in the Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge. And I got a five-point win. You got caught with uh, Daniel Braverman not playing in this game for the uh, Toronto Argonauts. I guess Chandler Worthy ended up getting in uh, onto the field there. He only had the catch for five yards, but it felt like he was 
on the brink of breaking one because he was returning the ball quite a bit. He had uh, punt returns and kick returns as well. I was actually kind of surprised that he got released in training camp, but Worthy's back, and they've also signed another receiver. I, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure the Argos, I, I don't know how this is working when it comes to the salary cap. They can't be under it. I, I, yeah, I, well, especially because the general news is is that they're paying to the floor. But right. I, I, I don't know how they're doing it. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see near the end of the season. And I don't want to get to. Uh, I know I don't want to get ahead of myself because I've seen so many times where we've said that about teams. We've been like, oh, they got to be over. They got to be over. And then, nope. There's some amazing accounting going on that uh, that you know turns it up the right way so um it, it's it's interesting but they're i mean they're they're bringing in a lot of guns that's for sure <laughs> so. yeah so so kendall wright he, he i guess he did sign with the argos in february but since then he's been on uh, the suspended list he's finally going to travel toronto this week do the quarantine and hopefully get onto the roster for them he had a he had a pretty good NFL career, he played with the Tennessee Titans for a few seasons, 18 touchdowns, 3,200 yards. So he was a contributor there. He is 31 and uh, will be joining the Argos for the rest of the season here. What really strikes me about this game, Andrew, is the kicking. Oh, boy. <laughs> Actually, the the kicking in the first two games was not exactly yes. uh, what we would say stellar. And uh, no doubt, but you know what? You know what's interesting in this one, though. Even though, like, like yes, the kicking was bad. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Um, and especially once we start talking about how the game ended. Um, yeah, but. You know, here's the thing. I mean, uh, if, there, if there's nothing else, I think out of all of the ga- this was probably the most exciting game of the week, though. Would you not agree? Like it, w- yeah. it kept it close. It was, um, you know, back and forth, and and we got an exciting game winning drive. Like I, I mean, trust me, I want to see better kicking, and and we did see that as we get into the final two games of the of the week, but. Um, and, and obviously stuff they have to deal with. But I, I thought, man, did it ever make it an interesting game to watch? Yeah, that's true. Miss kicks are always fun for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and sometimes more fun than others. But yeah. uh, as we will also talk about in a little bit. <laughs> Uh, The Argos clearly had a better first half. Uh, they only got three other points in the second half. And it looked like the game was kind of going to fall away from them. For the Tiger Cats battling all the way back, but things end up hitting a snag when Dane Evans hurts himself halfway through the fourth quarter. Looked like he was in significant pain. And we, we keep saying that it's probably good to have two quarterbacks with CFL experience. Apparently, Jeremiah Mazzoli is going to be good to go next week. But seeing Dane go down... I don't know what's going to happen to this team. And it might, I know the Thai Cats were really hyped up by a lot of people, me included. I had them in the Grey Cup at home. But with that offensive line and the way the quarterbacks are on the run all the time, that's not looking very likely right now. No, well, um, you're for sure you're going to second guess it. But uh, okay, so let's talk about this, though. When they knew. 
that Watford was coming out and he was going to be then, you know, coming in and taking over for Dane. Did, did we not all think, oh, well, the game is over? Like, it, I think That's we true. all thought that. And then all of a sudden, he, that, the last drive was downright masterful. Like, he and, great. I, and I don't say that about a lot, but that was, <laughs> that was, it was, what an amazing, and, and nobody saw it coming. Now, that doesn't mean to say that next week, you know, they're going to put Watford in and he's going to light the world on fire but by any stretch of the imagination, but it does mean that it, like, they're, that team is starting to, figure out the team aspect. And so the offensive Mm -hmm. line was still not great, but they gave Watford just enough time to do what he needed to do. And I I was actually pretty impressed. I I mean, I know he only went six for 10, uh, whopping 78 yards, but hey, he, he got, he marched them down and he did, you know, STE takes over there uh, for that last run. That was amazing. Uh, And if it wasn't for, uh, you know, slightly off kilter kick we're we're talking about an overtime game which would have been uh, also very cool yeah that's true it could have been a tie cats win because all of the momentum was in their favor especially when i don't know about you it kind of looked like nick arbuckle meant to throw the ball away late in the fourth quarter yes yeah and it ended up in a defender's hands yeah and And he i'm sure he was in that moment like (laughs) Just a little more pressure on that. <laughs> like you got to throw that <laughs> yeah. into the stands, right? Like absolutely. But back foot, back foot throw. It it would almost have been better just to take the sack at that point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it no would have made, made a major difference, right? So, no um, doubt. Yeah, but that pick that pick was huge. So I I don't know. The last thing I want to make sure that I say about this game: uh, Are we not all excited to have a guy named Poppy? In the league, like <laughs> who's your poppy? Like, come, come on, on. It, the shirts write themselves. <laughs> who's your poppy? And he got a massive TD. Like, yeah, that, yeah. oh yeah, I, I am, I am all down for that. Keep it coming. I initially was very excited because the last name said White, and I picked Tim White uh, <laughs> for my for my flex, who who ended up being the Ticats leading receiver by two yards, but did not have a uh, a touchdown to his name. But yes, uh, the Ticats go Michael Domagala yeah. to tie the game <laughs> on an extra point and rings it off the upright. All right, oh. so who who did it better then, Cody Vichardo? Oh, I knew or, you were no, you knew that. I was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more impressive to hit it with coming off your foot. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that that, <laughs> that, that is fair. Everyone in the league is going to be like running plays to not hit the upright one way or the yeah. other in the next yeah. week. Like, oh my goodness, how many uprights do we need in this year? Anyway, that was uh, rather interesting. <laughs> and another thing about the Thai Cats, we talk about the Argos run game. It's almost they 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 just don't commit to it in no. Hamilton. No, which is funny because we thought that they were going to actually commit to it. Like it looked like they were yeah. going to commit to it early in 2019, and then we yes. thought, okay, then Sean Thomas Arlington got hurt, so we thought, okay, well, maybe that's why they're not leaning on it so much, but. So I, I wonder if we go back, if it was not so much Kent Austin as it was Tommy Condell, because he's still running the offense. And yeah, 
obviously not not uh, doesn't want to put a whole lot of pressure on the running game. Ty ended up uh, doing up the fantasy points, even though he can't uh, be on the show tonight. Nick Arbuckle had 16.3, DJ Foster 15.4. No real massive performances in these two games, but a nice one from a $2,500 player in Poppy White. Five catches on seven targets for 53 yards and a touchdown, just over 16 points there. Boy, do I wish that I had that guy instead of Braverman. That would have been No great. kidding. <laughs> Actually, it would have been I'm great if we both didn't. would have picked a white. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> that would have been wonderful. <laughs> okay, Super Saturday. What do you think about these uh, triple headers? Uh, you know, I don't mind one in a season because it's kind of a neat thing to just like have nine yeah, hours of football, yeah. right? But I was saying this on my show last week. Being a dad, it's it's very yeah. difficult to watch <laughs> nine hours of football. And oh, yeah. uh, so I know the first game, um, I did go back and, and watch uh, a good chunk of it. But uh, most of it I listened to uh, on the radio because I was out with the boys. And so... Um, it was it was a little it's a little harder to just sit and watch for that many hours right so and let's face it the middle 3 hours sucked so <laughs> but we'll, <laughs> hey two thirds of these hours suck <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. Hey, I, I, I bet 10 bucks on the Bombers, so uh, I doubled my money. Oh, okay. there, there you go. go. That was pretty good. See, see, I'm not quite as degenerate as Ty. You know, I won't. <laughs> now I'm like, damn, I should have done 500 bucks. <laughs> but maybe I'll uh, build up to that level. Not quite yet. <laughs> yeah. I, no, no. I, if it makes you feel any better, I'd be like, like. Two bucks, like, oh, I could, but I could lose that two bucks. Yeah. I mean, that's one less bear paw for me. I can't do that. Come on. It's not good. Now, I, uh, this, this triple header was all about avoiding week one of the NFL. So, right. uh, Because the Thursday nighter and then the big Sunday, I I am, I'm of the belief that I don't think it really matters. Like, uh, I think a banjo bowl would hold its own on NFL Sunday. Probably. Uh, if you want to, you know, spread out the ratings a little bit, but I get what they're trying to do. And then this week we got the two double headers, but there's going to be some overlap. So if you're setting the PVR, make sure you understand how the TSN regions work. Because <laughs> then it gets really frustrating. Wait a second. They have regions? Oh, yes. right. Yes. It's a yes, brand new concept. I know. It's crazy, right? <laughs> I've been trying to avoid uh, talking about this game, but I can't anymore. 33-9, the final score for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And much like Labor Day, I don't know what it looked like you know, from your point of view. Saskatchewan seemed like they were able to almost match Winnipeg's intensity and physicality in the first half. Mm-hmm. And then after halftime... It's like Winnipeg was able to sustain it or even up it a little bit more, and Saskatchewan just couldn't match. Yeah, I would agree. And I I think that the – I don't know what the best way to do this. I just find – I'm going to quote Willie Jefferson, I guess. But it's like, okay, you haven't played that kind of a defense. And I I just found that it was – and trust me, being an Elks fan, I understand this. They could move the ball between the twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then that defense just tightens up, and and you're just kicking field goals 
if you can hit said field goals. So right. it was, um, I, I think that the intensity to start is all there, right? And it's all going. But I think as soon as the wheels start to fall off, it's like the entire cart just drives off the road. And that's what it felt like yeah. as I was watching this game. Um, and I think we all know the moment that it really kind of blew up. Yeah. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, it, early on, it, it did look like a different Saskatchewan team. You're right. They were able to move the ball, and they were actually uh, handing the ball off to William Powell. 18 carries. And he was running yards. well. He was running very well, and I was a- encouraged by that. Maybe they were going to commit to him. I think maybe that's the way that Winnipeg has actually shown that you can run against them this year. I agree. I think you have to... <laughs> <laughs> you probably got to commit to it. Like if you get stuffed once, you can't just give up on it for the rest of the game because Toronto, they ran against them well. Saskatchewan here ran against them well. It's something they didn't do on Labor Day. And Cody looked better and more comfortable in this game, which was kind of shocking to me. I mean, the, the, <laughs> we know how the sound and the noise in that stadium. He looked way different until he ended up getting hurt his uh, head ended up bouncing off the turf leaving the game due to concussion protocol and Isaac Harker comes in and he ended up turning the ball over with uh, a sack I mean yeah he gets sacked mm-hmm. fumbled the ball no interceptions but he goes 10 of 13 for 89 yards so if they're able to kick the field goals and not have two defensive starters kicked out of the game at the end of the first half and (laughs) they also lose Mike Adam they go into the game without Ed Ganey and Luchez Purifoy like half the defense was either out with injury or kicked out due to fighting yeah exactly (laughs) exactly and and now they're both sides, right? Both sides. Yeah, yeah. The, the rivalry is intense, and I understand it that. And it, when you're getting down again after you got beat, you know, f- five days before, and mm-hmm. you're uh, you're already like the frustration levels are already high, and you can't. I I personally have never played on a line, but I can't imagine going up against the same guy for what have at that point probably would have been close to a hundred plays that you're not at some point you're going to be like, you know what? I'm going to teach you a lesson. And um, so I I get the, the anger going up and the frustration and all those things, but um, that whole incident, uh, even uh, now I only listened to it on the radio first and then I watched it again afterwards. And, I like I think everyone even even the the bomber call guys were shocked that it wasn't a little more even. Now I understand by the letter of the law the Saskatchewan guys threw punches which yeah I mean, and you and I talked about this before already. Like, you throw a punch against the guy holding uh, that's wearing a helmet. That's maybe not your smartest move. Yeah, and- that's 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 what <laughs> that's what's funny about me. Like, I've 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 worn football helmets. I've been hit with football helmets. I do not want to punch a football helmet. <laughs> no, you might as well punch the sidewalk. <laughs> your fist does not win that battle one hundred percent of the time. No, so that that is absolutely you know um, eighteen wheeler versus small car. Like it? Why? Yeah. Why? Well, you and know? then in hockey, you punch the guy in the face, you're out of the game for five minutes. 
Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> but here you swing. There you go. Yeah. You're gone. Um, but I think everyone was just shocked that, um, you know, it, it wasn't, I don't want to say evened up more, but I mean, after this, the punches are thrown, then Andrew Harris throws the guy to the ground and by his helmet, yeah. <laughs> tearing off his helmet, but he's not tossed. And so I, I'm, I, I'm going to be very interested to see what happens with the fines this week and how, how do they do that? Because now we've got, you know, and Andrew Harris already has some things that are maybe mm-hmm. a tad controversial around <laughs> about him. I mean, I don't know his, you know, his pharmacist might love him, but some lots of us don't. And so you are like Ty. I, I'm trying. I'm really trying. I'm trying to make Ty proud. It's hard for me, but I'm trying. Yeah, I'm, I am drinking Coke though. Does that give me extra Ty oh, points? Oh, okay, look good. At that I know. Yeah, but it's cherry Coke, and he hates it. But I, whatever, it's my version. I, I'm getting as close as I can. Um, I can't be Ty, but we all. You know, we all know nobody that. can be Ty. Correct. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I do think that it's just like there, there's already that controversy surrounding him, and then him not getting kicked out after that. It, and I, I have had enough people show that it's like okay, that the letter of the law is he didn't throw a punch, so he doesn't I get know. thrown out. But come on, like I, I just think, and then he had an impact after that, right? He um, did. Yep. He was, you know, pushing the ball down the field, especially in in the late goings. And it's so I I can just see how frustrating that is, especially if you are a Saskatchewan fan, because you're thinking, well, come on, like, just make it fair. Like they were all in the middle of it. Why are we uh, only penalizing really one team more than the other? Or it seemed that way. I guess I found that his incident was also the most dangerous part of that whole scuffle. Uh, He ends up, you know, ripping the player's helmet off his head. He goes to the ground. And then, you know, the other players see it. And, of course, they go after Harris. And the the player without a helmet is right there. Yeah. It could have ended really poorly. Yeah, And, thankfully, it seemed like... Nobody made it out of that hurt because I, I can't remember if it was Hendy. It might have been Marino. The one, the, you know, his was almost like a slap. Right. <laughs> and he gets booted. <laughs> but the the Harris one stays. And I know a lot of Bomber fans were kind of shocked by that as well. But that's the intensity of this rivalry. That's the intensity of, you know, seeing these teams eat each other, you know, twice in six days. Or whatever it is, it was funny. I, I, I texted you. I said, I'm, "I'm guessing that they'll play in the playoffs, and <laughs> they're going to remember this." And you said, "Well, they're going to make it through the second half first. Yeah, it's going to say, "Well, they, yeah, they have to make sure that they don't they don't kill each other before the end of this game before they worry about the next yeah. one." But you, you, you got to know when they start to face each other. Um, and I, I wish I was here for the setup this week when you, when we're talking about, you know, the Elks seeing the Bombers three out of their next four mm. games. Like, you got to know by the end of that, there there's going to be there's going to be some oh, blood boiling. Right. Like, but but this rivalry on top of it. Wow. Yeah. Like it's well, they're going to be intense games. Let's go with that. 
Yeah. Zach Kolaros is he's playing lights out. To me, he looks almost as good as he did in his Hamilton days before he got hurt in 2015. I agree. Uh, 18, 18 of 22, 278 yards, two touchdowns. The efficiency is off the charts. Now, I had Caleros and Andrew Harris in my lineup. Every time they get to the goal line, it's backup quarterback Sean McGuire. <laughs> How many people are picking Sean McGuire next week? Because he's getting more points than yeah. anyone else. Like I, I like he had twenty point five and then Lawler, I think, was the only one that beat him with twenty point seven. Like what? Oh. He's a backup quarterback. With, well, yeah. It it might be worth it if you only really want to load up the rest of your, your team to just put McGuire in as the cheap quarterback and you you you, you could have a night like this where he gets a hat trick. Of TDs, that's crazy. I'm like, man, it, I don't. I haven't looked at the schedule. I don't know if Winnipeg plays Ottawa, but he might get six rushing touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, like I said, they're playing the Elks next week, so there might be a pick there. Because I don't know. We'll see how it goes. So yeah, when uh, when the play when the quarterback costs you five thousand dollars and he puts up that amount of points, you're a happy camper. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> usually missed kicks they make a difference in the game, but this one it, it didn't matter. Uh, Mark Leggio of the Bombers misses. Holy man, he misses a field goal from forty eight. <laughs> Yeah. Did he miss two extra points? Two. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the five points on the board that he missed. Mm-hmm. And oh boy, coming from a kicker they had for years in Justin Medlock, it's quite the adjustment for the Bombers. <laughs> well, you know what though, the one thing I will say is that, and, and we've seen this over and over again, O'Shea every time he comes off the field. Not berating him, not doing it's you know that's true. Put 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 his arm around his shoulder. Okay, what happened here? You can see that there's the he's just like doing the coaching, right? And so, um, I I mean I don't know if they just continue on like this or if they go okay, well we'll give him another shot. But it just seems that O'Shea is that kind of guy, and and honestly, like the Winnipeg team is like that because a few years ago everybody is calling for O'Shea's head and calling for oh yeah um Richie Richie Hall's head and they're calling for this guy's got to leave and this guy's got to go and they just let it run and then they win the Grey Cup and now they look like the most dominant team in the CFL right now so is that something that they do the same thing with Legio and like okay we're gonna let you work through it but we're gonna help you but we're going to let you work through it. And, and if as long as they're seeing improvement, okay, then we'll keep her going. But if they're not going to see improvement, then we'll have to see what they do after that. But it's, it's, it's very interesting how that team has just done that over and over again and then found success. And it took them years to kind of build where they are now. And they, they, they had patience with it. And it's clear that the players love playing in that environment. Yes. The way that they were able to keep the amount of talent that they have after winning the Grey Cup and in this current climate of players switching teams every six months, it's actually quite remarkable that they've been able to 
almost keep the entire team intact. It's amazing. And I don't think I don't think there's another team the, the only team that I would say is close to that is Hamilton right now where they kept the same people yep. other than like the few bodies on their offensive line that we're now seeing where that issue may come mm-hmm. up but but they have to be the most consistent and if there's not something that the rest of the league could learn from that is just you know consistency is a good thing and it's nice to see that they have that and I, i'm i'm happy well, let's not get carried away. I don't want to get that happy for a Bomber fans, but I am happy for Bomber <laughs> fans that they have that consistency. You can get, you can buy that guy's jersey, and you know he's going to be there yeah. for a number of years because they want to be there, and you you see it growing. They must have a good culture. Oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word. So I'll just back and and, yeah. and what other time has anybody wanted to be in Winnipeg? Right. Like it's <laughs> right, right. You can't even fly there. Why would you want to live there? I'm really trying time. There's another really try. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? I didn't even mention AC Leonard not playing in this game because he couldn't provide a post game specimen. What a ball. <sighs> oh. So uh, let let me ask you, is that is that worse than the Andrew Harris situation? Or is it equal? Or I don't know if it's worse. Just because it might be it might be equal. I mean Harris did you know, he he was pretty adamant he didn't do it. He was course. gonna send his stuff away and get it I haven't really heard that from right. AC Leonard. Basically yeah, but, even But the fact that you just refuse to do it. Yeah. Is that like the Okay, well, that that's kind of a dead ringer. Like I like I I don't know. I'm I'm not I obviously it's all allegedly. I don't want to uh get carried away, but I I'm not sure. Like I was like, "Wow, dude, just do the test." <laughs> We've all had stage fright. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Points. That was pretty good. That was good. So, that's what Craig Dickinson said. He tried, couldn't. And then he left. To me, that does mean, at least in my mind, it's basically okay. You had something in there you knew, so you bolted. Right. Yeah. So that that's what it looks like to me. But he I hasn't uh, stood in front of the media and said, uh, well, I didn't have anything in there. I'll send my stuff away, and we'll get it figured out and all this stuff. So, And three years later, we'll still be waiting for that <laughs> result? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. So the same thing that happens anytime anybody gets nicked? Okay. Yeah. All right, then. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Nick Dembski's best game of the season. Five catches, 134 yards. Massive for him. Uh, Kenny Lawler, the king, five catches, 97 yards, that and a last touchdown. touchdown that he got. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Else. That that was oh, that was beautiful. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to rub salt in, but that was a beautiful oh. catch. Yeah. Even Darvin Adams getting into the action with a 39-yard touchdown. As for Saskatchewan, I mean, Keen Schaefer-Baker playing boundary wide receiver in his second game. Seven catches, 73 yards. If Saskatchewan's looking for a bright spot, it does seem like they have something there. But uh, receiver depth hurting a little bit without Shaq Evans playing this week. Well, I think they have that positive, but they also have the positive that they actually had Powell going. 
I think that's something yeah. to build off of. And, and they yeah. need to recognize that they had that going and they can use it in future games. So, um, you know, when, you're, when your tailback puts up 15 points, it's not a bad evening. So um, I guess the next big question that, that I have for you is, are you going to go out and buy your Harkamania t-shirt now? <laughs> if it comes in red, like, okay, I was going to say red and yellow. I would oh. love that. But if they had a green shirt with the white Hulkamania See? font, See? oh, yeah. You're in, right? Yes. Yes. I'd be training, saying my prayers, eating my vitamins. <laughs> I'm in. I'm Calling everybody in. brother. It's outstanding. Yes. yes. Everyone growing handlebar mustaches. <laughs> I am in. <laughs> <laughs> if I could grow any type of thick mustache, I'd be in on this just because it's funny. But yeah, <laughs> yeah that that Argo uh, Rider game next week—that's an interesting one. I have no idea uh, which way that game's going to go. It's going to be it's going to be entertaining. Absolutely. Uh, but the Riders—they're—they're <laughs> they're trending down. The Argos right now. The East is theirs to win. All right. The Calgary Stampeders go Ugh. into Edmonton and beat the Elks 32-16. Oh, be- uh, beat is too nice a word. Like, pummel. Well. That might be better. Oh, the Elks <laughs> had every opportunity here. They did. You know what? Um, Bo Mitchell I, I, well, did not look good in the first half. I was just going to say, for I will say that... If the Elks are going to find a positive out of this, they got a turnover. And not only did they get a turnover, but it was a pick six. And they were probably three sets of push-ups away from having an amazing defensive night, right? But how many times did it hit the DB in the hands? Like the worst spot, right? Right in the hands. And uh, (laughs) dropped it. So it's... um, yeah, it, it, like there there were flashes where you thought, okay, this is the time. Like like let's ram it, close close the door, and then the second half happened, and that was not going to happen. I hope whoever had if somebody picked the Calgary defense, they must have done well in fantasy points this week. They probably did. Bo, Bo yeah. only goes twenty two of forty one. His his timing wasn't really on. It didn't seem like that to me. Um, but the second half, he was able to make the plays. And I knew Calgary's defense was not going to play that poorly again, y- you know, so they... Fair, but they haven't had a sack all season, yeah. and then they get six. Yeah. So, to me, that says... Well, even the CFL Fantasy website says seven sacks for the Calgary defense, 12 <laughs> points, one interception, one fumble recovery, and I guess they only gave up the field goals because uh, <laughs> the other one was a defensive touchdown That's by right. Edmonton. That's so, right. Yeah. what is it with Edmonton at Commonwealth Stadium that it used to be such a tough place to play? As a Saskatchewan fan, I know. <laughs> like. <laughs> I, I I went back once. This was three years ago, and I went back like 30 years uh, of Commonwealth Stadium. And Saskatchewan had the wins I could count on one hand. Like, it was mm-hmm. just, it was almost guaranteed win night when anybody would go to Commonwealth Stadium. 
but not in 2021. I mean, even Ottawa got a win there. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. What does that say after you watch the rest? <laughs> the rest of the league absolutely beat up on the Red Blacks, and they, yeah, they, they they won at Commonwealth though. Um, yeah, and I don't like. I don't. I don't get it. Like, I don't know if it's just is there more pressure playing on the home field now because the expectation is that much higher from the fan base and is that what's getting to them i'm not sure or is it that you know they get too much sleep in their own beds like i i don't <laughs> I, i'm i'm pulling at every you know string i can come up with to say like i don't understand why this is and and to watch that offensive line in on on labor day and absolutely give mm-hmm. Trevor time and all of those types of things. And then you watch it on yesterday and it was like, now there were some coverage sacks. I will say that, that Trevor hung onto the ball a bit and, and you know, Calgary was definitely defending better down the field, but there was a, at least four of them that were just jail breaks. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I'm like, what changed in the in the five days since we played last? Uh, and so I, I don't understand why that is. And especially being at home, you would have think there would have been a, an advantage. They would have played even better than they played when they were in Calgary. But um, I'd like to know. I don't know. I think we have. Hmm, I think we have two weeks before we get an away game, and then we can actually see if that continues or not. <laughs> 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 I, I I did look it up, and the updated uh, spread for Winnipeg in Edmonton is uh, the Elks at an eight and a half point underdogs. Oh, so eight and a half? Yeah, yeah, wow. they're not feeling good about uh, Edmonton's chances. I'd still take that. <laughs> I'd still take the. Win- I still take the Winnipeg. Anyway, yeah, that's. <laughs> uh, I didn't think. Mr. Wilder got the ball enough. I 100% agree. Only 11 carries. Um, and he has been one of the bright spots on the team. And when oh, you're yeah. going up against, uh, especially that defensive line that was basically just pinning their ears back, then go around them. Like, why are we not seeing a bit more of the, you know, run up the middle or run, you know, go I, just running in general like poor mike is just pulling every last hair that he has out because there's not enough running and um <laughs> it's it's frustrating because he still has a 6 yard average with the runs yeah. that he has so if you're having a 6 yard average and if every time you're in second and 4 second and 5 opens the playbook massively, but to only do that 11 times, it's, and half the time, um, the Elks were doing second and 10 or second and 15 because they'd finally get a good play. And then the penalties bit them in the butt again, and they're moving back and Calgary had them in second and long almost all night. So, uh, that, that doesn't help. I mean, Elks top receiver had 43 yards. Wow. Like the last time that that happened, um, I, I was getting the numbers from uh, Brian, our, our stats guy. And it, yeah, like it's a long time ago. <laughs> 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 you have, like, it, it, that's crazy. It was, um, it's, let's see, that was the worst game high by an Edmonton player since September 19th of 2015 when Shakir Bell led the team with 18 yards in receiving. 
<laughs> is that 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 is, that's the game when Riley comes back and passes for like seventy yards, right? Cor- yeah, exactly. Yep, that was the one in Hamilton where they were going against yeah. the wind, and that and was they the, still won. They still won somehow. I don't know. Oh, you know what? You know how they won? Because they ran the damn ball. Yeah, and, we, and yeah. they didn't do that this game, and and it definitely uh, did. It definitely hurt them. And and there were some Calgary players that just went off. Uh, they yeah. didn't drop the ball, right? I, I said that uh, in our show that the, Calgary receivers are not going to drop the ball the same way they did on Labor Day and mm-hmm. they sure did not. I, I thought it was a typo looking at the stat sheet. Markeith Ambles had seventeen targets. Yeah. Now <laughs> only connected on five of them. Yeah. Now but <laughs> no part of, of it was not his fault. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They weren't push ups. They were right. poorly thrown balls that Edmonton DBs had two hands on and couldn't catch. So that, <laughs> that was, Jonathan Rose interception changes or dropped interception changes the whole game. Absolutely. The entire crowd fires up. It, it would have been. Oh, yeah. I, I think that could have been a massive game changer. And yeah, just didn't just didn't happen. Bo uh, was able to connect with Kamar Jordan in the second half and just kept connecting with Kamar Jordan. Twelve catches 159 yards one touchdown my wife was very happy she took Kamar Jordan uh, <laughs> and here's the thing I want to ask you how did you feel about that touchdown with 10 seconds left Edmonton's got the or Calgary's got the ball with what 20 some seconds left Bo drops back to pass and connects with Jordan on a 50 yard touchdown what were you thinking well, at the time, of I know course, the I was I was angry because I was already angry we were losing, um, <laughs> and uh, you, you, like you know the game is done, right? Yeah. Um, and at the time, I'm like, oh, seriously, like, and, and I actually <laughs> actually said this, I'm like, that is so Calgary. They just have to run up the damn score too. <laughs> like, come on, like, yeah. and then I realized, oh wait, it was for the points differential, and so yeah. I could actually, I could actually live with that, um, and I think that there should have been a knowledge on the Elks side to say if they get a touchdown, they will win the season series because of the points right. differential. So, at all costs, just make sure. I don't care if they go, you know, thirty yards, but mm-hmm. keep them out of the end zone because then at least we win the points part, right? You and that part you got to be aware of and it, and it wasn't it's like the awareness wasn't there um and i but calgary going for it after i realized what it was about i'm like okay i can yeah. understand that the part that did tick me off though is after he scored the touchdown then he did the gentler dance in the end zone yeah, and i'm yeah. like okay you got it you got the point celebrate it but Come on. Like you're going for a touchdown when you already know you won the game with 10 seconds left and then you extra re- and now see that in my experience was very Calgary. <laughs> and it <laughs> made that that part frustrated me as a fan and I mean Calgary fans I'm sure loved it but I I thought oh, that was a bit much cuz you already ra- you're running up the score as it is. Just okay. Have your celebration, do your own celebration and well done and carry on. Earlier in the game, linebacker Keyshawn Bieria, is that how you say his yes. name? Yes, yep. He uh, 
he clocked Kamar Jordan. And I think uh, it was from that moment on, he was playing with a chip on his shoulder the rest of the game. And uh, that kind of that woke him up a little bit. Clearly, Calgary was targeting whoever Darius Williams was covering. Yep. Because he had 10 tackles on the night. <laughs> and when yep. you see that from a DB, that's usually not the best. <laughs> no, it's not, not, not really what you're looking for. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I still haven't heard the story as to why Brian Walker was out. Because um, mm. that's usually his spot. Um, but I also yeah. am guessing that uh, in the next you know week or so, we're going to be hearing about Moncrief. And that might be where he is. Right, right. Uh, Trumaine Washington, player of the game for the Elks? Absolutely. Hands down. He had he had the interception, the pick six, but he also he, he made some amazing blocks, uh, a couple of tackles in, in wide open field where it was just him and the guy. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, hands down, he was the best player on the Elks for sure. There was a sequence when it was like, just him on defense it seemed like he, he, had <laughs> yeah. the, he had the pick six and then i think the very next series he had that tackle in the backfield it's like he's just well, and then all the next, over the place. and then the next one after that he he knocked the ball out but yeah. i mean Bo was throwing the ball and then i believe it was on the next series that he had almost another shot at another pick six and yeah. and it and it just missed him like it was all tremaine washington all day yeah yeah, yeah. quite the game for him not so like Trevor Harris has 398 yards in la- on Labor Day and 221 in an interception here. Uh, not pretty. Not yeah. pretty. And and no tu- no offensive touchdowns, right? Yeah. Three. I mean, Sean White was back to his normal self and kicking field goals as he is. He's, yep. you know, retaining his name as Money White. Um, but uh, I'm sorry, against Calgary, field goals are just not going to cut it no. all the time. One or two, fine, but you, you gotta you gotta get it in the end zone. By the way, Kamar Jordan, the biggest fantasy performance of the week, thirty three point yeah. nine points, and that even comes from a, a BC team that popped forty five yeah. on the Ottawa Red Blacks. <laughs> they spread it around a bit more, though. They do forty five thirteen. They were they were getting everybody into the action. Uh, Lucky Whitehead. He had the return touchdown, which was huge on the missed field goal. 22.7 fantasy points on the day. That was a 119-yard return. Uh, Brian Burnham had two touchdowns. Javon Katoy had a touchdown. Whenever you see him and a DB going one-on-one, pray for the DB. It's just... <laughs> it's and, and it's not going to happen. <laughs> He's not going to make that tackle. That's very true. It's very true. Yeah. And um, even uh, Keon Hatcher gets in for his CFL debut and scores a touchdown. They were just doing anything they wanted with Ottawa's defense. Well, pretty much. I mean, Michael Riley comes in, and at the beginning of the game, we have the whole is he, isn't he again? Is who, who, is he going to play? <laughs> or is it, and, and like, I could, I could hear. Brazilian tie from my kitchen with him going, <laughs> if that guy doesn't play, BC is going to owe me another $200. Like they're using, anyway, um, there he is, uh, comes in and they're all, oh, we don't know if he can do it. And uh, he only throws for a mere 319 yards, right? Like it's yep. 22 of 26. That's wow. an incredible, incredible completion percentage. Uh, and I, and four, TDs, right? And 
the one interception was in the end zone. So it could, could have been five. <laughs> he was just, <laughs> he was, he was on fire. Um, oh, and did you see his interview at halftime where he asked his own question? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, how do you not like Michael Riley? Like I just, uh, I, I love just listening to him talk anyway, but he's, yeah. uh, you know where he's going to end up, right? It's on that panel. That's where he's going to end up after he's done playing. I would love if he did. Oh, I would. That's a great idea. He is. He's so good at, you know, breaking down a play, oh, yeah. but he's also like, he's got that, that personable side and he obviously mm-hmm. knows the questions to ask because he asks them to himself. <laughs> so I, I'm totally down with that. Although I could see him coaching too, but um, yeah, needless to say in this game, he puts up 29.5 points, uh, which was great for me. And if you didn't have lucky whitehead, I might've had a nice, you probably would, but that was me, a, yeah. that was a really nice pick on lucky whitehead. That was good. Um, so the, I, I think the only thing that I, I want to say on the BC side is that I, I'm really surprised that they still can't get Shaq Cooper going because now he's, <sighs> I, I think it might be scheme. He, he's not a guy that runs through the tackles really well. No, no. And no. if, but if you could, you know, go up the middle a couple of times, but then pop him outside. The guy has amazing speed and agility. Uh, you, you you just don't expect him to only have 41 yards rushing. Like I just, I think he could do so much more in that offense. Especially when you had a lead like they did. And that being said, they, they didn't take Riley out of the game until there was a minute left and he ends yeah. up taking a sack. It's like, the guy's dealing with an arm issue. <laughs> what, what, what are we doing here? Get get Rourke in there, you know? Well, that that can be Michael, though, too, because he does. I, I figured he was, and that's yeah. why he calls the shots on when he plays. Like, okay, elbow's not feeling good, and then after the half, okay, put me in, you know, in right. the Saskatchewan game. It, it, it looks like Campbell has put his trust in him 100%. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it's it's interesting to watch how he because when he he came trotting out there when there was five minutes left in the game, and they're yeah. you know up by whatever it was at that point. You, I, I think it was forty one thirteen or forty one ten or something at that point. And why, why, why are you like and and. As an Edmonton fan who watched in the you know final game of 2014, when he kept going back out and then had that foot injury and then mm-hmm. couldn't play in the playoffs, like it's like God, it's like you don't learn. <laughs> yeah. You gotta okay. Well, you're gonna come back out, and I know you're a tough dude, and you know they're gonna keep putting it down the field. But um, yeah, that that one that one's a little tough for me. I don't know if you caught uh, Shaq Cooper. It was a second and long, and he clearly could have got the first down. And he yes. runs out of bounds. <laughs> yeah, and and then Michael gave him the "What are you doing to me?" Yeah, like yeah. what? Are you- <laughs> if it wasn't, if they weren't up thirty, he would have given them a lot more crap. But they were laughing on the sideline after that. So. Well, and the, did you see the face that Nathan Rourke gave him after? Yeah. <laughs> giving it to him I was like, oh my goodness i'm like that is a team now like you said i mean they're up by 30 at that yeah. point uh, they're they have a moment to laugh if that 
game, if they were only up by three or four, the whole intensity on that uh, bench would have been not so pleasant for any of the rest of us to watch. If you took BC's defense, you were happy. 17 points. I was. Um, <laughs> three Almost. sacks, an interception, a fumble recovery, a touchdown. They kind of did it all. And there was a points in the second half where Ottawa couldn't do anything, whether it was defense or offense. The Lions were just flying all over the place coming off this bye week. It clearly helped them out here. But it, at no point in this game – did I think Ottawa was going to come back? Like, even when it was, you know, 14 nothing or whatever it was. Uh, Timothy, Flo- like, they can't run the ball. 15 carries for 40 yards. Um, Anthony Coombs has eight catches for 82. The bright spot probably, again, is Ryan Davis. Five yep. catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. He has the rush for 11 yards. He's he's returning kicks, and he landed on his head at one point in the game. <laughs> Thankfully, he was able to come back. He, he hops up, and uh, he gets hit in the legs and falls on his head. And I mean... Maybe they got to put in Richie Leone in at uh, at quarterback here. He got himself <laughs> <laughs> a completion, a 29-yard fake punt. But uh, I don't think – it's weird. One drive, Dominic Davis is calm. He's making great throws. He drives them down the field. And then the next drive, he's kind of panicking and turning the ball over and making poor decisions. Uh, it, this game actually could have been worse for Ottawa. <laughs> oh, I agree. I agree. I think that third quarter though, it was yeah. just like Davis that's when di- didn't yeah. even know what he was doing in there anymore, but It did, yeah. Cuz I mean, he still throws for 333 yards. I know. But, but there was 51 pass attempts. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, well, that, that definitely adds into it. But yeah. uh, it's because BC would get the ball and score within like a minute and a half. And then yeah, Ottawa yeah. would have the all day to go down the field. But um, it was uh, just, it's so funny. He's such a, uh, I'm going to use a big word here. He's such a dichotomy. Like one mm-hmm. moment it looks like he's got it all dialed in and he's going to move this offense and it's going to be amazing. And then the next play, he's just tossing it up right to the BC defender. Like you, you don't. Yeah. I, I I know they talked about it a lot on the panel, but the the throw right at the end of the second quarter there, where BC took it into the end zone. Yeah. Just again, like dude, you you know, at this point, you should know better. Just you know, either take the sack or, like I said, just put it into the seats because. You, if you're not 100 percent sure on the pass, don't don't make the don't make the throw because you're going to pay for it, and they sure did. Mercifully, the Red Blacks are now on buy, so they cannot <laughs> they cannot lose. Well, are we sure about that? We, no. We, no. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> they've they've already made made some signings and. Uh, they're at receivers, so the receiving court's going to look different in a couple weeks here. Kenny mm-hmm. Stafford uh, did training camp with uh, the Elks, gets let go. Uh, now he's in Ottawa Red Black. They, they sign uh, Terrence Williams, who was a third-round NFL pick in 2013. Uh, Terry Williams, a couple other receivers as well. I mean, they're trying something uh, to, to make it 
a little bit more digestible because so far it, it hasn't been pretty, man. <laughs> well, and uh, I was really happy for co-host Kenny uh, to get a mm-hmm. shot because the guy still has great speed um, and he does, I, I, I he comes with a wealth of leadership and, and one of the things that that team I think is kind of missing on that, like they're missing Brad Sinopoli, right? They're missing that yeah. guy who is the kind of unspoken leader, um, and and so I think a guy like Kenny Stafford could really have some success there in, in trying to galvanize the guys together. And I, I'm I'm excited to see how that how that plays out. I mean, we we don't know. They're going to have a bye week. So after this performance, do we see Dom Davis again, or do we do they try Matt Nick? I I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how that first week of practice goes after the bye week. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, they did mention it in the game that Nichols was maybe starting to get a little bit more zip on the ball. Mm-hmm. So uh, w- we'll see what they're going to do there. Uh, this game, uh, to me, uh, I know it kind of dragged on because BC was putting up points at will, but there was not many penalties. Uh, 10 for 77 yards between the two teams. Edmonton and Calgary, it was... 235 yards total. So. I was going to say they had that much they had that much between the two of them before the end of the first quarter. Yeah. Like it was like the second half of that football game was painful to watch, right? Just because yeah. of all and all legit penalties. Not That's yeah, I know. There wasn't even ones that you're like, "Come on." Like it, it yeah. was actually like, "Oh yeah, no, that's that's a penalty." Yep, that's penalty too. They just kept doing it and so it was kind of nice actually in the bc game you're you're thinking wow this game's really going quickly (laughs) you know um for the because i come to expect when there's a return touchdown there's an illegal block somewhere (laughs) probably yeah yeah when lucky returned it i'm like my fantasy team is internally celebrating but i can't celebrate yet yeah (laughs) (laughs) i get that i totally get that yeah and uh, you're like okay well let's see where this goes right and um yeah i i don't know It, it it blows my mind though um how you have well the even the saskatchewan Winnipeg game, a ton of penalties in that ah, one too, yeah, right? There was, so there was. It just so it was kind of funny actually. I think for me because it was the third one of the triple header and it was a blowout. And you're like, oh, I'm glad there's no penalties. Let's just get this game over. Yeah. Like that's that. Yeah. Let's watch the excitement. Watch BC put up another touchdown and then you know throw the twirl the little flag in the air and let us all go to bed. Week 7 has the Stamps and the Ticats, the Argos and the Riders, the Lions and the Owls, the Bombers and the Elks. Those are actually all intriguing games. <laughs> but I, I, w- I, would say, I would say most of them, yes. Cause Not the last one? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. At this point, I would say no. Uh, I... I know that it's, you know, in my role to say, you know, well, the Elks will find a way and they're going to galvanize and that's going to, hmm, my pick, my pick probably going to have a W in it this week and it's not for win. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, see, the, the thing is, is that after you watch the games from this week and you, you watch how every team played. I totally agree with you that, uh, you know, BC Montreal, oh my, that's going to be, that'll be a very interesting game. Um, And uh, Toronto Saskatchewan, 
very, very interesting game. What, what, Absolutely. What team is going to show up? And it's in Saskatchewan, so that kind of adds another level of how is that going to play in, right? So those ones, I, I get on board with them being pretty exciting. And, and Calgary Hamilton even too, because now Calgary is starting to fire back up and yep. Hamilton, we're not sure what's going to happen. If it's going to be Mazzoli or where things are going to happen. I can see there's lots of awesome storylines there. That last one, we're going to have to dig for some storylines and see how it goes. <laughs> Andrew from the Turf District podcast filling in for Brazilian Thai. Where can everyone find the Turf District pod? Oh, you can find us everywhere. Uh, well, I shouldn't say everywhere because we haven't gone so far as to like, you know, Snapchat or TikTok yet because okay, yeah. I'm an old man. Um, but uh, That's probably smart. <laughs> I'm not a teenager <laughs> anymore. And now I'm crying. No, um, <laughs> I can't drink like Brazilian Thai. Um, no, I uh, no. You can find us everywhere. Uh, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at the Turf District. And uh, of course, the podcast you can find anywhere that you find any of your pod candy uh, and uh, we come out every Tuesday and if you have time on a Monday night usually right around 8 o'clock let's say 8.15 uh, we go live on YouTube and you th- you can subscribe to our page there and uh, interact with us while we're recording the podcast and uh, we love to take fan questions and then answer them right on the spot and lots of people like putting us on the spot so it's fantastic we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Uh, this week, I want to give a shout out to Scam Time, uh, Ooh. <laughs> a, a hilarious uh, podcast. Like, I feel disrespectful, but the cover art says it's Scam Time with the Fraud Broads. <laughs> I, uh, I don't use that term in my everyday life. <laughs> But Stephanie Wolf and Karen Johnson Diamond, they uh, go over the topics of frauds and phonies, Ponzi's and pyramids, plus hoaxes and hilarity. There is so much content for that right now. <laughs> I was gonna say, do they what just do they show. record the guy calling from India that's worried about my car warranty? Because I want to know about it. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> you can check out Scam Time and lots of other shows. And Andrew, get ready at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Yes! yes. <laughs> <laughs> Rate and review and subscribe to Two and Out wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.